The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about all sorts of cyber threats, cyber identity theft, Cyber intrusions. It's um, it's a little bit of a scary show, but we have a wonderful, wonderful guest who's a good friend of ours. He's been on our show before, and he is truly a wonderful expert. If you haven't heard him, let me tell you a little bit about Robert Rubin. I call him Bob. He is an internationally renowned expert and speaker on identity theft and, fi- and financial crimes. He's a former detective sergeant with the Los Angeles Police Department, and during his exciting career with the LAPD, he served in many high-profile assignments, and those included the SWAT team, Hollywood Narcotics, robbery, homicide, and vice squads. And then as a detective, he was a master of disguise, and during his 22 years of service, he was personally involved in the arrest of thousands of criminals. Before leaving the department, Bob was selected by the credit card industry to help develop and direct a fraud prevention program. And he's traveled to Europe and Latin America on behalf of the industry. And for the past 20 years, he's personally given over 2,000 presentations on the subject of financial crimes. And he was the director of the American Express's Fraud Prevention Program in the Western Region. And he managed a team of 12 consultants personally, orchestrating over 150,000 business and consumer presentations. He is wonderful. He's always filled with wonderful advice and great insight. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. We love to have you on the show. Well, hi, Mari. It's a pleasure being here. Well, there's been a lot of controversy for the last month over the government intruding into our privacy. And recently, even the president met with Chinese leaders asking them to stop hacking into and stealing our information. So tell us what's going on with all this. Well, it is scary, isn't it? It seems like it's a never-ending assault, and it's been going on for many years, but at lower levels. Uh, Years ago, we used to talk in terms of uh, somebody just getting in through the wires into our computer and uh, and rooting around, stealing uh, some information, maybe capturing our keystrokes to get into banking. But it's far more insidious now. The cyber criminals are coming in across the shores, across the, uh, the the oceans, and they're coming in and they're disrupting our way of life. And I don't know if you heard recently the president, actually uh, three times that I'm aware of, he has been pleading for 
a kill switch for mm-hmm. the Internet. Now, he understands uh, the threat, but he doesn't understand the technology to say that. And I'm not putting the president down, but it's, it's far more complex than that because if there's a cyber intrusion, if there's a, a denial-of-service attack, and I'll explain that more in a minute, but if there's a denial-of-service attack against the U.S. where a foreign entity is trying to shut down our critical infrastructure, well, uh, we have what's called a self-healing network. In other words, if you flip a switch, the, the traffic is going to be routed through another source, and we won't shut down the Internet. Yeah, obviously, you can't shut down critical uh, services like healthcare and uh, police and communications in general, air traffic. So a kill switch doesn't work. Right. But we but we all need to understand the basic threat. And here's something that your audience probably doesn't know. Your personal computer sitting in your home is probably caught up in this and it can launch an attack. It can it can corroborate if you will. It can actually uh, be in collusion with something called a botnet. And the botnets from offshore or even in the US can launch the attacks against foreign nations or even our own nation. These botnets are horrible. And uh, I, I can best explain what they are by just telling you a quick story. Okay. Uh, Russia, uh, as the Soviet Union, had multiple countries surrounding Russia, and that was for self-protection. Right. When the Soviet Union broke up, those, in, those nations became independent. Now, one of them is Estonia. Estonia is one of the most tech-savvy countries in Europe. Hmm. The Estonians didn't like the fact that there was an old statue of a a Russian war hero in one of their parks, so they tore it down. Hmm. Well, the Russians went crazy, and they launched a denial-of-service attack against Estonia, and it's been going on now for five or six years. Now, Hmm. what they did is the Russians, the Russian government, as well as some activist groups, hired the underworld the cyber underworld, to launch the attack. Now, the word botnet, and that's a word that everybody in your audience needs to understand. This should be uh, not a daily topic, but there isn't a person in your audience that shouldn't understand what a botnet is. See, there are 10,000 or more people that control massive amounts of computers. One of the botnets that we recently took down had 10 million computers under their control. Oh, my God. There are 10,000 or more, they're called bot masters or bot herders. These are people that buy software in the underground chat rooms. They might pay five to $7,000 for a program that will enable them to start their own botnet. Then they start collecting personal computers and business networks. And how do they do that? Years ago, this was one of the first, on, on MySpace, there was a an email that went out to millions of young people. Mm-hmm. And it said, a chick named Allison is using your pictures on her space. So millions of people hit the link, and immediately it dropped the malware inside the family computer. Mm. What a tease. Yeah. You know, so all these young people were just so excited, so upset that somebody could be doing this. But what it did is it just opened up a door. Once you link up to a site, you've all been told, don't open up an attachment. Well, reaching out and landing on a site can now infect your computer. 
Not many people know that even Google has announced that when you land on legitimate sites now, you're more likely to, to launch an attack against your personal computer by landing on a legitimate site than if you land in a porno or a gambling site. And now, why is that? Well, what the criminals have done, they've realized that a lot of people are wary about going to the gambling and the porno sites and so on. So right. they're waste, they waste their time if they infect those gambling sites or the, uh, the porno sites. So what they do is, like in the sense of a business, they will find out about that business and probable sites that that business will go if that the business is a target. Mm-hmm. So they will identify the business that, that at a website that the business is likely to go, and they will infect that business. Now, it used to be called something called a drive-by download. Drive-by download. And what that meant is, as a consumer or a business person landed on a site, the malicious code was embedded in the home page of that website. Hmm. MSNBC and NBC, they were infected in this way. So every person that visited MSNBC and NBC during a 24-hour period until their tech team resolved this, every person that landed on that site launched the attack against their personal computer. Oh, my gosh. Now, the stuff that these bot masters are putting into our systems, it's not detectable. Uh-huh. It's it can change its signature. Now you know a virus has a particular look to it. So your antivirus software is searching for the known signature or profile of the malware. Right, right. But what happens is that these criminals, these cyber criminals, have programmed their their malware so that it changes its profile multiple times a day if necessary. Uh-huh. You know when a, when a cop goes out on the street and that cop has a, a photograph of a known criminal. Let's just say it's a murderer. Yeah. And the, the police officer is looking at that photograph and matching up the biometrics, the facial features right. on that photograph with people he or she sees on the street. Right, right. But, but what if the criminal can change his face every right. day or multiple times a wow. day? The photograph is useless. Right. And so is your antivirus software for getting the new viruses or the morphing viruses. Right. Or malware. That's the term that's used now, not, uh, mm. not necessarily viruses or... Uh, but, uh, but, but the malware is the, is the key word right now. So they change it. So your antivirus software is chasing a ghost. Hmm. You know, there's something called Patch Tuesday, and that's when Microsoft updates right. uh, its system. So, right. I mean, that's Every Tuesday, it, right. Yeah, yeah it, releases, it releases the fixes for the vulnerabilities it has discovered or it's been sitting on. But what happens in the interim? Criminals know about this, and they will tailor make this, this malware to infect people's computers. Hmm. Then there's also the zero-day attack. When, the, when Microsoft releases its patch, the criminals will reverse engineer it and produce a piece of malware that's designed to take advantage of that flaw, and they, they are successful because most people don't update their systems. Mm. You know, it was just recently pointed out that 40% of the mobile devices that people carry are not updated. Right. You know, there is antivirus software that's available for the mobile devices, but people aren't utilizing it. Now, so get back to the botnet. Once these criminals are inside your system, and it is now estimated that anywhere from 15 to 20% of the U.S. personal computers sitting in people's homes, 
15 to 20 percent of those computers are caught up in botnets. Now, these robot computers, and that's where we get the term from, ro- robot and networks. And is that the, just I want to stop you for yeah. a second, because sometimes I'm getting these emails from friends that I know they're not, I, I know it's false, so I just delete them. But I know it's coming from their email address, and then I just tell them in another email. They're infected, right? That's that, what it is, right? That's exactly right. And once these criminals are in with one type of malware, they can inject more. Mm. What the criminals are doing in that case is they're stealing the address book, and this is spam. There are a lot of botnets that are into spam because they make a lot of money doing it. So the botnets can can hire out as a launcher of massive amounts of spam, billions of spam messages, mm-hmm. or they can they can rent themselves out to an, to a foreign entity that has a grudge against another nation, like it was with the the Russians and the yeah. Estonians, or they can uh, they can sit inside your computer and look for the financial stuff that you've got, and that's why. So, Bob, let me ask you something. Yeah. So, if I were to um, respond to one of these, which I never do, I I know automatically when I see these what they are, and I immediately delete them. Um, if I were to respond or click on a link, then they would get into my computer, right? Exactly. And there, in many cases, what they want to do is capture your address book, and it just propagates itself in that way. So these are the spammers, and they make a lot of money. Uh, and and it's, everything is relative. If it's from a foreign country, you know, making uh, $100,000, uh, to them would be like making uh, $5 million to us. Wow. Let me ask you another question. So let's say I've had uh, just recently, um, in the past few weeks, I've gotten a bunch of these, and I, and I write an email and say, you've got, a, you know, you've got a, something wrong with your computer. You've got something infected in your computer. And they, they can still write me from their own email. So if I get an email that's a legitimate one from that same person, should I open that one? If you've communicated with that person and they respond, I mean, the safest way would be phone them and right. tell them that they're infected. Many right. times right. the person who's sent or the, the email is coming from somebody that you know and they don't know that they right. have been compromised. Right. And the only way that they can burn it out is to reformat their hard drive just to do a, a complete wipeout of all the data. Unfortunately, when they reload programs, they may be reloading some of the malware. Wow. So uh, I, I have friends that I've notified, for the, and for the last two years, I still get the spam emails from them. And you're right, if you do open up that email, uh, it could launch the attack against your, your computer. And again, but one, does that happen even if they send me a regular email? Let's say they send out some other email um, at, from that email address. I, in my case, I always phone the person and ask them, did you just send me an email? Oh, yeah. But, I, yeah, sometimes I know because they're answering, you know, something that I've written out to a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and they answer me, and I know that they're answering. But what I'm, I guess the question I'm asking is, if that email, if that computer has been uh, affected by the botnet, and it's not one of the spam coming out, but it's a regular email, can I look at that one? I didn't even think about that until today when you're mentioning this. 
will I get infected from a, a real email from them or only from the botnet one? No, they're going to have to launch, the, uh, you're going to have to open up a program, some something that's uh, attached to it. Now, oh, okay. most of the Internet service providers are scanning the emails now to see if the message is, is contaminated. But, of course, if it's an attachment, they can't look at that. You're right. opening that up. That's a voluntary thing on your right. part. Well, I would never do that. Yeah. yeah, the criminals used to embed the malicious code in jokes and uh, right. a, a, not necessarily attachments, but if you opened up a photograph, a picture, and it launches immediately, there could be malicious code in that, although uh, like AOL would scan it right now to detect anything, uh, to detect the, uh, the, the malware inside mm-hmm. that picture. But that's what the drive-by downloads was about. That's what MSNBC got hit with. It was in the banner, the banner of the homepage that said MSNBC or NBC. Every person that that landed on that site behind, inside that banner was the malware, and it just simply uh, covertly, if you will, silently went into the computer to take advantage of vulnerabilities. So once MSNBC or whoever learns this, is there a duty on their part to to make this known to everybody that if you've come here, you know, it's not like a security breach, is it? It is a security breach if it's a financial company. Uh, right. But if it's a private firm, you know, in truth, there are laws that require notification because it's a cyber intrusion and uh, it could be financial. You're supposed to do some kind of reporting. Uh, well, I know for the security breach legislation, if they've if they've captured certain data, private data, you know, that includes like your social security number, your account numbers, or something like that, then you have an absolute duty in the state of California and and in most states to notify all possible people. But if they've intruded your computer, uh, is there, I, I don't know if there's something that says that they have to tell you that because of some malware on the MSNBC site that they have to tell you. I, I don't well, remember if there's something like that. A business would benefit by making the notification because they, in many cases, they will get uh, the resources, they'll get investigators that uh, they pay taxes for to help them resolve the issue. Um, it could be part of a larger uh, network of intrusions. And so the FBI and the FBI is the uh, the agency that would investigate that. Although local police office, uh, police departments like the uh, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's and Police Department, they have cyber units, but they need to know about this so that they can put cases together. And sometimes they can follow the footprints back mm. to find out who is actually sending it. Although many of the rogue nations that are doing these attacks right now they can disguise where the attack is coming from. For instance, uh, the Chinese, they can make it look like the North Koreans. The North Koreans can make it look like the South Koreans are doing it. So, mm. you know, sometimes it's a dead end going back, uh, trying to follow it. But it's if it's a rogue nation and they've hired the underworld, the cyber underworld, to launch the botnet attacks, um, it, it most likely won't be, take, it won't be taken down for quite some time. It takes two years in some cases. There was a kid that was running a bot out of Rubbermaid's computers or servers in Atlanta, Georgia. Hmm. For two years, this kid controlled or actually utilized the Rubbermaid servers. 
Rubbermaid eventually found out about it, and it took two years, two more years to take this kid down. But in wow. the meantime, he was launching these attacks. The, uh, he was a spammer. He was making a fortune spamming. Wow. So it's, it's important for people to know, once you own a computer, it's like having a pet. You've got to feed it. You've got to look at it. You've got to make sure that there are no anomalies. Now, unfortunately, sometimes, and, and this is probably very important to people to understand, you really can't tell that somebody has put the malware inside your personal computer because what you see, the anomalies that you see, are consistent with just a malfunctioning computer. Like if it shuts off and then uh, reboots, there are things that happen. It, when it drains your resources, the computer gets very slow. But that could be age. It could be that you've just overloaded it with uh, things that aren't necessarily the botnet. It could, could be just uh, spyware operating programs running behind the scenes. But you need to understand that once your com- personal computer is contaminated, you should not use that personal computer to link up to your bank. Wow. And that's, that's where we're going with this. Now, you know, uh, there's a guy named Robert Mueller. Mm-hmm. You know who he is? Yeah. Yeah, head of the FBI. Well, guess what he recently did? What? He stopped doing online banking. Now, what do you think he knows? <laughs> His entire family, they, they've stopped linking up to the bank with the home computer because they understand the vulnerability. Wow. Everybody needs to understand this. I mean, these key words, the botnet, malvertisements. Now, I mentioned that the criminals used to embed the malicious code in the home page in the banner. Well, now they're deeper. They go back into the website, and they'll take advantage of some of the advertising that you see inside the website. Hmm. And that's why business owners, a business person, has to understand that they are vulnerable to these kind of attacks. The criminals now are building dossiers or files on all of the people that work for small to mid-sized businesses. Criminals, cyber criminals have realized that and I'm, I'm only talking about the financial side right now. The, uh, the Chinese, of course, they're attacking, and they're very, they're very good at what they do at stealing intellectual property. Right. But if it's the financials that the cyber criminals are after, they will build a dossier on the small business. Oh, yeah, I can best explain it by telling you that uh, about six months ago, a friend of mine called, and he said, Bob, I need your help. I said, what's wrong? He owns an insurance company with 12 employees. He said they moved 110000 out of our account over the weekend. Oh, my God. And my investigation revealed that there was a person inside the office who was probably the person who invited the malware into the, into the system behind their firewall by visiting online dating sites, hmm. among other things. <laughs> so once it's in, this is called an advanced persistent attack or threat. What, what they do from that point on is the cyber criminals are very patient, and it's scripted to do this. It doesn't take human intervention. It just takes this script to run, and it watches, and it waits, and it works from computer to computer, infecting each computer in the office until it gets to the back of the house where the financials are kept. Oh, my gosh. And that's the one computer. They get the login credentials for the bank, and once they get that, they attack. Now, they like the smaller banks because they know that there isn't a person watching the in-and-out traffic over the weekend. So in my friend's case, they moved 110000 over the weekend in $5,000 increments. 
just below the threshold that would cause an alarm to shut down everything. Right. They moved it, and they moved it to Rome. Uh. And they moved it through money mules. Now, these are people that respond to the work-from-home schemes. Uh. You've seen them. They're yeah. advertised all over the place. Now, there are some that are legitimate, but most of them aren't. So you get uh, Mrs. Smith, who lives down in Arkansas, and she sees this, and she has a couple of kids, and she wants to work from home, and she responds to it, and it's a complete setup that looks very legitimate. They're told that a, the the business that's now involved in discussing this with them or, or uh, teasing them into getting involved says, we have an offshore business, we have clients in the U.S., or they take donations from U.S. contributors for a charitable cause in Europe or Africa or someplace like that. Right, right. But we need somebody to move the money. It's all legitimate. And, and the documents they send across when the people sign up for this, it, they're incredible. They look so legitimate. So eventually the funds start pouring into the bank account that's opened by this unsuspecting person. Mm. The funds come in. They're told they can keep 10% just for the processing fee. And you think about that. I mean, we're yeah. talking about tens of thousands of dollars, right, and this right. is a gift from heaven for these yeah. people. It's too good to be true, yeah, right? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Those words come into play. So then they start transferring the funds, and it goes from bank account to bank account, and eventually it goes to Europe. In my friend's case, as I said, uh, Rome. That was the destination. So what happened with the bank? Did you Was your friend able, if he told them within two days, was he able to get it? They're not really covered. A, a business is not covered by the same consumer laws. So exactly. was he able to get his money back? Yeah, well, here's what happened. It was $40,000 in hard dollars inside their bank account and 70000 in overdraft protection, which, oh. by the way, nobody needs. Right. Every person should cancel, whether you're, a private individual or a bank or a business cancel your overdraft protection because you're responsible for every penny if the cyber right. criminals take it. Wow. So in my friend's case, they were a few of the transactions were caught. They stopped the transfer, but it was a sixty thousand dollar net loss. So my friend and his wife were called into the bank, and who was sitting there? The bank's attorney the executives from the bank, somebody from the corporate office, and they said, you're responsible for this. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to be gracious and we're going to take half of the loss. We're going to take 30000 you're going to take 30000 as a hit. Hmm. And my friend thought, well, what am I going to do? And you feel small when the bank's attorney yeah. is talking to you, you know? <laughs> right, right. So the consequence was that they lost a 30000 That was their net loss out of it. But you're asking who's responsible? We've had several court decisions. Uh, Patco is one of them. Patco and Hillary Machinery, these are plaintiffs that were saying to the courts, we're not responsible. The bank is responsible right, for right. stopping the, the movement of this money. They should right. have realized it. But the courts are they're all over the place with this. Yeah. They're saying, some of, the, some of the judges are saying, no, the business is responsible. You're suffering the loss. And some of, some of the judges are actually saying the banks are responsible. But that's because they don't understand technology. Yes. There was a recent case. Well, not too recent, but it was, uh, it was way back, but it drives, the home, uh, drives home the point. There was a, an interruption in a trial. It was a cyber theft case. And one of, the, one of the people in the court said, 
I'm going to need further explanation about this because I don't understand the concept of a website and how money is moved. Uh-huh. Now, that that would have been bad if it was, say, the uh, the defense attorney or maybe the prosecutor or, yeah. or a juror, juror, but it was the judge. So oh. they interrupted the trial, and that's the problem is that these they justices, understand. they don't understand what they're dealing with now. Yes. Well, we are out of time. Would you believe that? we uh, we got to have you back again soon. This is just amazing because we need to. Let's give your website and maybe you have some other information on your website that will help. Will you do that? You know what? There are other websites. You have some great stuff in your book. Yeah. There are other entities. These are resources. There's a guy on the radio who talks about this stuff all the time yeah. on Saturdays. And it's, um, uh, what's his name? Heaven's. It escapes me right now. He's on ten. Uh, he's on six forty a.m. on Saturday. Leo Laporte. Oh, Leo Laporte. And Laporte. also go to the Anti Fishing Working Group. They have things on their website that that uh, anybody can look at to get ideas. So exactly. we are out of time, Robert. You are wonderful. We love you, Bob, and we will have you back again. Thank you so much for joining us. You're terrific. Thank you, Mark. Okay, you've been listening to KUCI eighty-eight point nine FM Minerva and KUCI.org and then at I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at eight. 8 a.m. right here on KUCI and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.